Yeah, there's been only three. So this is a fourth one, and we're going to talk about testimony this morning. So we're talking about fellowship. God has called us out and called us together in order to make his name known in the nations. It's not for the purpose of exclusivity. We talked about worship, that worship um, is submission. The word worship in Hebrew means to bow down. And so it's a, it's a position of submission. We talked, though, specifically about why do we sing together and the tie in Ephesians 4, the tie uh, that our, our worship together has to do with building of the Spirit, which I thought was fascinating. Um, study of some things in there that I had certainly never seen before and was very encouraging to me. Um, so I hope it has been for you. And then we talked about uh, we talked about prayer. Now this one is another one that, man, just kind of a new understanding that there is no such thing as individual prayer in the body of Christ. That when we pray, we pray according to the Spirit. That regardless of where we are location-wise, we pray together. We pray in submission to Christ. We pray in unity. Um, and we pray according to His will. So uh, that all prayer for the believer, all prayer, is actually uh, corporate prayer. So that was really interesting. But it's also important uh, that we do come and pray uh, together. And we looked at what uh, what chapter of Acts where they pray together. Four. Very good. We've been in two and four, kind of bouncing back and forth. So very good. Okay, you guys, that was your test. Is everybody feeling okay? About the material. Okay. Woo. All right. Winnie, I just appreciate your enthusiasm. You nailed it. You nailed it. You even got an extra detail. You got a bullet point underwear. So, very good. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, testimony as a community discipline. Well, this, is one of, this is one of those words, testimony, uh, that is just a very churchy word, isn't it? Right? I mean, do you hear that outside of church very often? No. Do you hear, does any of your friends ever go, hey, Case, give me the testimony of your weekend? Like, no, we don't talk like that. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a churchy word. What does it mean? What does the word testimony uh, mean? I, I, uh, I kind of had to stop and go, okay, I have an idea of, of what, I would, what I would do or what we're, what we're doing when we ask for testimony in the context of church. But in terms of just defining it, that's, I don't know. I, so I, I had to kind of uh, do, do a little work and, and look. And did you know that in the, uh, in the scriptures, the word testimony is, is almost as every time that it's used is interchangeable with the word witness. So the word testimony in the scriptures is used predominantly in a legal sense um, as a witness. In fact, um, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, God says that he's going to give them uh, the ark uh, of the covenant? testimony, right? The ark of the covenant. Calls it the ark of the uh, ark of the testimony, and that within the ark it, it will contain his testimony, right? So, what, and what's it talking about? What is what's in the ark? What are they calling testimony? That, that's the uh, the law that was given to Moses is called testimony. Now, why in the world would that be called a testimony? The law that God gave to Moses, he wrote down on the tablets of stone. Why why would that be called a testimony? It's because it is it is a witness, right? It's it's God's. Um, God's divine order and God's divine law. It is a witness to his will and intent. And so the word testimony in the scripture is, is almost always interchangeable uh, with, the word, um, with the word witness. So uh, we, we use this. Somebody maybe has asked you or you've asked somebody else, what's your testimony? Right? You ever heard of that before? 
You ever been, you ever been told, uh, look, if you've been in a Baptist church for more than a few hours, you've been told you need to be armed and ready with your testimony, right? You need to know what is your testimony. Be ready to give your testimony. Man, I grew up in a Methodist church and then in high school, not because I was like, I had this major uh, philosophical shift in my mind and went, ah, oh, I align more with the Baptist way of thinking. That didn't happen. I had friends and a girlfriend at the Baptist church, so I went to the Baptist church. And uh, so I, I, I went, and it was not long before somebody asked me, what's your testimony? I was like, what's your what? <laughs> I don't know. What, what, what language is that? I don't know. What are you, what are you talking about? And, and then went on to explain, what's your story? Um, where, what, what, did salvation, excuse me, what did salvation look like in your life? Why do we call that a testimony? Why, if, if that's the context of testimony, if it's uh, predominantly used in the scriptures as a witness in a legal sense, in the law as a testimony, uh, as a witness to who God is. And why do we, when we share about what God has done in our lives and the lives of others, why do we call that testimony? Any ideas? Okay, yeah, that's exactly right. Because it's a first-hand experience, and it's a telling of what I've experienced. So in, in, in the simplest form, if I'm going to give testimony about my moment where I was where I was saved, what I'm doing is I'm becoming a witness for what God did in my life. I'm standing as a firsthand, giving a firsthand account. I become a witness. It's as if I'm taking the stand in a legal sense and going and declaring this is exactly what I saw. This is exactly what I experienced uh, when God uh, when God changed my life. And so I, that's the first time I really began to understand this word. I was a sophomore in high school and I had learned to speak the Baptist language. Uh, but it's good. It, was, it, it uh, taught me the importance of, of testimony. Well, I was trying to think about how in the world do I get this point across? Because it's a little strange, the connection between testimony and witness. And I was just trying to think, okay, what's a, uh, what's a modern kind of example? And here's, here's, what, I, here's what I came up with. So uh, the first example, you've probably all seen this. Nike came out with an ad not too long ago, or maybe it's been a long time. I don't know. But it, it hasn't been too terribly long, I don't think, uh, using the word witness. So I've got a, a photo from that ad. If you'll, listen, if you'll put the first one up. Remember this? Anybody ever seen this? So this is when this, yeah, he's young. He looks a little younger there, right? Uh, this is first time around with the Cavaliers. This is LeBron James, the, uh, uh, probably the, the, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And when he was young in his career, Nike, he's obviously sponsored by Nike. Nike came up with this ad. And, and I think it's brilliant. It's essentially, we are all witnesses to the, uh, the, the great um, basketball player that is LeBron James. You're watching greatness um, unfold. Unfortunately, that fell a little short, this finals. Um, but, uh, but so that's okay. But here's the one I actually like. Now, I'm a Dallas guy. Here's the one I actually like. Let's go to the next one. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. That's for you. Can you imagine somebody having a maverick hating bone in their body? You gotta love dirt. Look at him. Isn't he just so lovable? Look at him. So, but, but uh, that's the concept. It's that we're watching history unfold. We are all witnesses. Okay, take that away. Everybody's distracted by greatness. So, that's the, that's the concept uh, of, of testimony is to be a witness. You guys know what this, what this is? In, in the legal system, what's the most powerful thing that can occur uh, in a courtroom? And there's there's the obviously the evidence, 
the, the tangible pieces of evidence, but the most compelling thing that happens in a courtroom, certainly uh, in a criminal trial and in others, is what? The eyewitness. There's, there's nothing quite as powerful is when somebody stands up there and or sits up there and says, this is what I saw happen. And, and then you've probably seen it if you've watched Law & Order. Have you guys ever seen Law & Order? Okay. And, and they say, okay, did the, is the guy you're describing, is he in the room? Do you see the person that you're describing who committed this act? And they point right there. That's the guy. There is nothing quite as powerful as when somebody who was there in the moment gives their account of what happened. This is the concept of the word testimony. So I think we probably have a good understanding of what the word testimony is, that it's tied to a witness, but why in the world would we talk about it um, when it comes to community disciplines? Why, isn't that an individual thing? I mean, it shouldn't testimony just, isn't it just an individual thing, your ability to tell the story of what God has done in your life or what you've seen occur um, through other people, right? Isn't, isn't that just an individual thing. Why would we talk about it when it comes to uh, when it comes to corporate? So everybody stand up. Scriptures 
hold more weight, the fact that Jesus fulfilled prophecy holds more weight than even the eyewitness account, and then the eyewitness account is extremely important. Here in 1 John, he says, we have seen it, we have heard it with our eyes, with our ears, um, and now we are what? We're testifying, we're giving it away to you. You see right there, so it's not just we've seen it and experienced it, and we're holding it within ourselves, it's something seen and experienced and given away. There's a corporate aspect to it. Go to 2 Timothy. This is your part. Go to 2 Timothy. chapter 1 look at verse 8 therefore do not be ashamed of the what? of the testimony so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord uh, nor of me his prisoner but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So, therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, as I studied the word testimony and witness, um, it also serves as the, the, the root word of the word uh, testimony and witness is the same word for martyr. So the word, the word martyr is the base uh, word uh, from where we get testimony and witness. Now, why in the world would those two be so closely linked together? That's an interesting thought, right? The word martyr and, and the word witness, they're, they're closely linked together. In fact, witness builds off of the word martyr. And that I don't think that there's any more convincing um, evidence of an eyewitness account than somebody who is willing to die for what they have seen and heard and experienced. Right? I mean, you, you think about you think about the weight that that holds. If you were trying to just make something up about this Jesus, and then if they, uh, they, they come to you and your life is on the line, uh, if you just had made things up, if this wasn't what you'd actually seen and heard and experienced, do you think that you would give your life over uh, in, in order to stand on that eyewitness account, in order to stand on that testimony? Absolutely not. If it's not true, you would not go to death. And it hasn't been just one so many throughout history have been uh, put to death, have been martyred uh, for the testimony that they would give of the power of God in their lives, of what they've seen and heard and experienced. So the two things are tied together. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Go to Psalm 107. Come on, we're almost there. Let's go, friends. We don't stretch again. Psalm 107, here we go, it's kind of right in the middle of the Bible there, you go to verse 1, here we go, we're going to start in worship, we'll give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever, look at verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord, what, say so, who he has redeemed from trouble. So we'll give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from trouble. So there's a, there's a connection there between the redemption that God brings in our lives and the product of that redemption being our telling of the redemption. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because he has redeemed us from trouble. And he, he goes on, the psalmist goes on there 
um, in, in other acts of worship and declaring what God has done. But there is a link there that says that if we've been redeemed, if we've experienced the power of God, it, it is vital for us to say so. Go to Psalm 66, back to the left, just a little bit. share it. It's natural as a, as a product of your faith. You want to share it. It's encouraging. Elaborate on that a little bit. Why is it encouraging? Jesus. 
We're not talking about scattered things. I may be talking about a situation that happened in my life. Clay may be talking about something that happened in his life. But at the end of the day, both of us are glorifying God. And that brings encouragement and that brings unity, right? So that's one of the first things it does, is it brings unity. Now, isn't that interesting? If you've been listening, which, Whitney, I know that you have, because you earned $5 a job today, um, <laughs> that all of our disciplines, that the very first thing that they've done is they've brought unity around the person of Jesus. If you, if you, if you remember in worship, right? Worship is to bow down. Why does it bring unity? We're all, we're all bowing down before the Lord. It brings unity because it creates focus on Jesus. In prayer, the exact same thing. We talked about when we pray rightly, when we pray according to the Spirit, we're praying according to the will of God, and it brings unity around the person of Jesus. The result of all of these, and it's not by accident, but the result of all of these, as we participate in community disciplines, the result is it brings unity around the person of Jesus. So we come together. There's so many different ways that we function together in all these disciplines, but they all center us around Jesus, which I thought was uh, was refreshing. When we uh, when we bring a testimony, when we bring uh, an eyewitness account of what God has done, it is certainly encouraging. Now, how do we sometimes uh, we sometimes stray from this? Uh, sometimes we it's it's you've probably seen this uh, happen before. Um, I, I certainly have, and uh, it's it's time to speak about what God has done. We just start telling stories, right? We just start telling stories. We just start talking about what we kind of want to talk about. Where we miss sometimes is we. what we've got to do is we've got together to be disciplined, to always bring it back to, and how does this glorify God? How have you seen God work in this situation? There's nothing wrong with sharing our lives with one another. There's nothing wrong with telling the details of our lives together. But at the end of the day, as a community, we ought to be disciplined enough to go, okay, Brett, thanks for sharing that. And how do you see God working in that situation? What do you see him doing? You remember two weeks ago, our challenge to you was to find God in everything. And I know we, some of you, I've pressed you to do that. And, and some of you maybe have done it, maybe haven't. It's, a, it's quite a challenge to find God in everything. You, in every situation... Be able to be able to find the goodness of God, be able to find his mercy, his grace, be able to find God in everything. Whether it's when you go outside in the morning and, and you observe the sun, well, you guys never see that. And you observe the sun right straight over your head when you wake up in the afternoon uh, and you glorify God that you slept till lunch, right? Uh, glorifying God in everything, finding him in everything. This is part of the, of the, of the discipline of, of testimony. Sometimes what we do is we just tell stories. We forget to discipline ourselves to find God and to glorify Him in it. Um, we, so, you know, and, and certainly uh, there's a variety of ways that that can happen. But it's important for us as a community to push ourselves to dive into who God is as you experience Him on a daily basis. For example, I've uh, been in, in, in life groups before where the the testimony, and I'm not knocking this. This is wonderful. This is good that we share this stuff. But somebody would say, I was looking for a job. Let's give testimony. What do you see God do? I was looking for a job, and I got one. Is that enough? That's a good thing. Is that evidence that God's at work? Absolutely. Am I saying that we don't share those things? No, that's not what I'm saying. But as a community, we ought to push ourselves to dive deeper and to always ask this question. 
So then what does that tell us about God? And how have you experienced him? In that situation, how have you experienced him? And I promise you that behind that, there's a story about a prayer life. I promise you that behind that, there's a story about somebody trusting God for the bigger things. I promise you there's story behind it, but sometimes we just don't push ourselves and we don't push others to go deeper and to, and to say, okay, this is the circumstance that I experienced. Now, what does it tell me about God? Here's the, here's the real question. Do you believe that in every circumstance it can tell you something about God? That's the greater question. Are we telling those stories? Uh, are, are, are we stopping short because we don't actually believe that we can find God in them? Or are we just stopping short because we haven't pushed ourselves to do it? So that's the first thing it does is it centers us around uh, the person of Jesus. I want to I want to speak a little bit again. Clay read my notes ahead of time. We worked this out. But the encouragement piece, the encouragement piece to me is huge. I want to tell you a story, and it's just relative to. Well, actually, go to First Peter. Just kidding. We'll do right now. Go to First Peter. And then I'll tell you a story. Are you guys liking when I tell stories? Kind of a hidden knowledge going in. Sometimes I get carried away telling stories. Okay, first Peter. Chapter three. Okay, verse fifteen. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, so there's a preparedness that needs to occur within testimony. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Right now, if we were to stop breaking the groups, we're not going to do this. If we were to stop breaking the groups, could you give as an eyewitness, could you give story this week? in the last 24 hours about what you have seen from God. Not just moments. This is where I think we go so shallow. Not just moments. Not just the, the job kind of situation. But have you seen the character? Have you seen a person of God? And how did you observe it? Was it as you read the scriptures? Was it as you were speaking to your to your family? How did you, how did you observe the character of God? We need to be prepared because as we do it together, it brings hope in the people around you. Again, Clay said it, and I want to talk about it. What is this element of encouragement? Now, here's the story. It's just relative to my life. Um, but I, I, you, know, you guys know I have, uh, I have, we have two kiddos and, uh, and one on the way. And um, I had a little, a, a bit of a strange, I think it's a word kind of getting my attention, uh, a, a bit of a strange few days uh, medically. I had to, for our insurance, I had to go and I had to get my blood pressure read. And so I went to the Kroger, uh, and right, I'm cheap. If you don't know anything about me, I'm cheap. So uh, I don't want to spend. I don't want to. I'm not gonna go to a doctor's office to get my dog on blood pressure. They got a free one at the CVS or whatever. So or, yeah, that's right. Maybe that. It's, anyway, CVS or Walgreens, whatever. I went. Okay. I went, and uh, and I didn't feel like the Lord was asking me to exercise a little more. But I was like, no, I'm good. So uh, anyway, was, so I go. And this thing, and I, yeah, I feel like I'm somewhat healthy. Lindsay cooks real good food, and, uh, and I eat it, and uh, so I feel like I'm decent, pretty healthy. I, this blood pressure machine tells me, I don't even know what it was, it was off the charts. Like, it was 
Mom, I just want to, you know, I don't even, I don't really, I'm not, didn't do medical school, whatever, and I know you don't do medical school, not very well, I'm not sure. So I'm reading, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and, uh, you know, everybody else getting their prescription, uh, prescription. <laughs> that was on the brain. So, uh, anyway, I'm reading, and I'm like, where's the, where's the key? Like, how do I, these numbers are popping up, and they're, they're the colors that make me think this isn't good. And so I'm like reading, and I finally find the key, and, and it's, it's, it's way high. So I'm, you know, Angela and Clay are super good friends of ours, so I'm like texting her. These are the numbers. I called Kay. What's going on? Like this is every, every nurse. I'm like, what in the world? Call my wife. Am I, am I not, like, is this it? Am I, am I, is it over for me? Am I about to fall out? And uh, anyway, I'm panicked. And I went down on the drive home. I went, fine. God, I'll go back to the gym. Fine. Got on that day, struggled a little bit, picking shot all up over my head, and I was like, fine, I'll go back to the gym. Anyway, long story short, I went back to the gym. Turns out, in my panic, we went to Walgreens, and I just bought one of those things. It's like, I'm buying, get the most expensive one, because it's my cheapness went out the window. I want the one that's going to tell me what's real. And it was, that machine was broken. <laughs> and I actually had my blood pressure. Anyway, so long story short, I end up back in the gym, okay, which is probably a good thing. So I went back to the gym. We're getting there. Testimony of how it created hope. When I started, uh, this was, I don't know, nine months ago, I, I started going, okay, I got to exercise. So we started going, and uh, they, they do this deal uh, at, at CrossFit. It's called a handstand push-up. You guys ever heard of that? It's, it's insane. So the first time I went, uh, Ryan tells me, okay, this is what we're going to do, whatever, and Case, I think Case, this was maybe one of your first times as well. Uh, good thing that Case is a little more ambitious than I, he tried it and fell on his head, and it was, it was awesome. It gave me a lot of encouragement to, <laughs> to, to try it. Uh, here, so here's the deal. So the thought of me getting upside down and then doing a push-up was like, something I'd done before, never something I'd thought about doing before. I'd never even heard of it. If you were to just come in and tell me, Kendall, you can do a handstand push-up. This is possible. I would have gone, okay, what, I don't even know what that is. Impossible. There was no hope in me that said anything about me being able to do it. And here, here's the point. Many times we find ourselves in a position where what we believe we need from God, we haven't even believed first that he's capable of doing. We want something from God. We want to experience him in a certain way. We're asking him for something, but it's not a thought that it can actually be possible for me. It's just a theory. And the moment that they say, they said we're going to do handstand push-ups, all it was was a theory for me. And then here's what happened. Ryan does a great job coaching, and he, uh, he brought us all over the wall. And he took us through step by step by step how to do it. And here's what happened. When I saw him do it, did it still, did, did I go, oh yeah, I got that? No, <laughs> it didn't happen. But, but him giving an account for what it looked like created hope in me that it just might be possible. The moment that I saw it happen was the moment that what, 
what I would never have even thought I could even attempt became, okay, I may not get this the first time, I may not get it the second time, but because I saw him do it, it became a tangible possibility for me. I'd seen it occur in his life, maybe it could happen in mine. When I used to tell this story before I started working out, and I thought maybe that was a good example, but you have blank faces. If you had this dream pair of shoes, you thought, man, there's this, there's this pair of shoes out there that's ultimately comfortable and looks equally uh, uh, amazing, but I've never seen it before. And you walked in the room, and somebody was wearing those shoes. What are you going to ask? Those are my shoes. <laughs> like, where did you get my shoes? Right? For you, there was this thought of the greatest shoes of all time, but there was never the reality of actually being able to own them until you saw them on somebody else. And the moment that you saw them on somebody else, what happens? All of your life, maybe if you're a shoe fanatic, but all of your life gets pointed at pursuing those shoes. You with me? You begin to create, there's mental space for pursuing the shoes. There's, there's priorities that begin to shift because now the thing that I didn't think was possible, I wanted it, but I didn't think it was possible, now becomes possible. I stand here a changed man. I've done six in a row. I tell you, six in a row, handstand push-up. I'm a changed man. Power of testimony. Amen. Amen. Right? But you see, this is why, but this is why we do it. In, in, a very, in a very spiritual sense, this is why we do it. This is why when we come together in life group, it's so vital that we tell the stories about what God is doing. Because there's very, it's very likely that there's somebody in the room that is in some level on the borderline of hopelessness. Going, I want God to do this in my life, but I, I don't know how to experience it. I, I've heard it in this way before. I, I'm hearing, I want God to speak to me. I want to know what that's like for God to for God to speak to me, for God to have a relationship with me. I feel like that should be part of my Christian life. And then somebody comes in a room and they hear somebody go, you know what's crazy? It's for the first time I really felt like as I sought the Lord, I heard his voice. What does that do to the guy that came in the room going, I want God to speak to me? Wait a minute. If it can happen for Kate, maybe it can happen for me. The hope begins to rise that, that maybe I can experience the same God that you're experiencing. Maybe I can have the same things that you have, and it's absolutely true. We've got to be prepared day in and day out, every moment when we come together, we've got to be prepared to give an account for the goodness of God in our lives, because it's very likely that your account will bring hope in somebody else. I can't tell you guys how many times that we, when somebody comes and says they want to be baptized, the first question I ask is why? I don't want to bait them, I just want to hear why. People come with a variety of reasons, some good and some a little misguided. But you want to know what I hear most of the time? Where it begins? Well, I saw Case get baptized. And I began to ask the Lord, why am I not going? Why, where am I? I saw so-and-so, and it really stirred something in me that I need to do that. They saw whoever, dot, 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 and it began a process that giving account, and baptism is one of the uh, one, one of the most concrete places of testimony within the corporate body, as we declare before our whole family that this is who we are, that God has saved us, he's redeemed us, and we're going to follow him. That's one of the most concrete places of testimony that we bring. And I can't tell you how many times that I've heard an account from somebody else that says, well, I saw so-and-so get baptized, and I really felt the Lord urging me to do the same. Now, here's the deal. Told you on the last one where we kind of can misstep by not pushing ourselves deeper. 
Here's where we can misstep here. It creates hope in us that it'll be possible, but here's the, here's the step that we sometimes take that we shouldn't. When Ryan did that handstand push-up and showed everybody, was that mine? Could I say, glad I did that right after he did it? Whew, that's off the list. Man, I tell you, I would, I would be a beast if that were true. Because he can do all sorts of stuff. And I, no, no chance, right? I can't take that as mine. He, he did it, and he created hope in me that it would be possible. And as he works with me and coaches me and helps me, I can uh, move along the path in order to accomplish it. But I can't watch him do it and then claim that as my own. There has to be ownership on my side of things. And I think that many times what we do is we hear the testimony of somebody else's experience with God. And we try to live vicariously through that. And maybe it's somebody that we love. This happens a lot in dating relationships. Somebody will be uh, will be pursuing the Lord and following the Lord. And it's like it gives excuse to the other individual not to do it. They just kind of live. As long as so-and-so is experiencing uh, the Lord, then, then maybe that counts for me as well. You can't live off of somebody else's intimacy. God has personally put his Holy Spirit in each of us that we might experience him on an individual level. Now, don't take this too far. I'm not saying that our faith is totally individualistic. But what I'm saying is that you have the very same ability to experience God as the person next to you. You have the exact same opportunity. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how long it's been since you've experienced him, right now, today, you have the very same opportunity to experience God in absolute fullness, the same opportunity as the person next to you. And what testimony should do is that as we experience God and as we tell one another about it, it should push one another deeper and deeper into the Lord. I should hear what John says, and I should I should. Praise God for the experience that he had with the Lord. And then I should go, okay, God, that creates hunger in me. I want more of you. I want to pursue you in a deeper way. I want to, I want to see you the way that John saw you. So I'm going to come after you in a deeper way. But we must experience it for ourselves. So this is why testimony, being a witness, is a community discipline. We must faithfully tell one another. tremendous encouragement. And I would say, though, now look, I'm going to take a step that the scripture doesn't explicitly say. But in worship, it said that the uh, overflow of worship is being filled with the Spirit. I can also tell you of times, certainly in my life, where listening to testimony, I experienced the very same thing that I've experienced in worship sometimes. Of being filled with the Spirit. Of being so encouraged by somebody else's encounter with God that I go, Yes, that's possible. And I, in, 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 uh, in me, feel like God just absolutely fills me up as I hear the progress of somebody else's life with him. I believe it's how we encourage one another and how uh, we press one another into intimacy with the Lord. Just a note on that. In, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about being hungry. He says, blessed are those who hunger thirst for righteousness, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, you may have heard me say this once more. This is my favorite. It's on the top of the list right now. My favorite kingdom paradigm, because things in the kingdom are opposite, and uh, this is my favorite. 
that you can be hungry and full at the same time. You can, that if we're hungry for the Lord, there's never going to be a moment where he doesn't fully satisfy us. You with me? He is, he is absolutely perfect in his satisfaction of our entire being at all times. But he's also endlessly deep. So as we're hungry for him, we can be satisfied by him and want more of him and pursue more of him. We don't hunger for God because we're lacking him. We're hungry for him because we have all of him. You with me? And testimony encourages us to continue to pursue that depth with the Lord. If you guys kind of are on the same page with me, have an understanding of what we're talking about here, just nod and go with it. God, thanks for this time. I just pray that you would seal this in our hearts. God, that you would, as the scripture tells us to be ready, I just pray that we would put that before you and go, okay, God, am I ready? What would I say if right now someone demanded of me an account of your goodness? What would I say? What would be the story? What would I tell them as an account for the hope that's in my life? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak that over us. That we would be confident and bold in those days, in those moments. We would not shrink back from opportunity to speak of your goodness in our lives. And God, I pray that as we do, we would push ourselves not just to observe the facts of the day, but to observe you in the facts of the day. That as we give testimony, we wouldn't just tell what happened, but we would say, here's what happened, and here's how I experienced God in what happened. Keep us from giving shallow account, God. Push us deeper. God, in the same way, I pray as we do share that we would encourage one another. God, I just, man, I know that in this room, I know even for me, there's areas in my life where, God, I want you to do something, but it's not tangible. I can't just explain it. I need to hear somebody else give an account for what you're doing in their life to create hope in me. So, God, I pray that across the room, as we give account, that you would bring hope in, in, in all of our lives. Hearing what God has done, that you would say to each of us, I can do that in you, too. Do you want, do you want it? Are you hungry? Do you want to pursue pray, God, that we would be hungry and pursue you. God, I pray we would not be satisfied living off of somebody else's testimony, but God, we would pursue you for ourselves. You have loved each of us individually and deeply. You brought us together corporately, but you loved us enough to put in each individual your spirit. And I pray that we would experience you in the fullness of what you've intended. God, I thank you for this group. Uh, I thank you for each one in the room. I just, God, you just Give my heart such encouragement as I look across this room. I'm excited what you're doing with this group. And we pray blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I've been